Welcome to the Spooky Electric Podcast by me, Trent Venegas. You need another podcast like you need another hole in your head. So here we go. Welcome to another episode of Spooky Electric. And this one, this one I'm very excited about. This one I have been, this episode I have been thinking about since I started this podcast. Um, October 12th, uh, 2017 is a day that is very special to me. It is a day that I will remember for the rest of my life. It is the day that I finally got to visit Prince's home recording studio complex, Paisley Park. Uh, When I decided to do this music blog, I started a list of topics that I would eventually like to talk about. And up until now, I haven't done a Prince episode, primarily because for me, Prince is so important and is such a legend that I I don't want to like screw it up. Like, I don't want to do an episode that's like lame or you know, not well-researched because, trust me, there are a million podcasts out there that do this kind of thing much better, with much better resources, with much better educated people. Um, But, you know, this is my podcast, and I love Prince, and I knew eventually I would have to talk talk about him. So... Those episodes are coming. I will talk about my favorite albums. I will talk about my favorite performances, my favorite shows that I've seen, um, things that I've learned about the man as a person. Um, But this episode in particular is Prince-related because it is about my first visit to Paisley Park, which, uh, which is three years ago today. So this podcast is being published on October 12th, 2020. And three years ago to the day was my first visit to Paisley Park. So this episode is all about that day. Um, before I get into the uh, meat and bones, let me, let me share some information about Paisley Park for those of you who may not be aware. Um, Paisley Park uh, is a complex that is a recording studio, a performance stage, and the home that Prince lived in on and off over the years um, and up until uh, he passed away. Paisley Park officially opened on September 11th, 1987. It contains two live music venue spaces as well as rehearsal spaces and recording studios. Um, Paisley Park was a record company that his, uh, that Warner Brothers, uh, did in conjunction with him. So when Paisley Park Records launched, I think, I think around the world in a day, that record is the first record that came out on Paisley Park Records. Um, so it was a record company and I think that was the point where at least the the real idea for the complex Paisley Park came from. 
so the record company started and then it uh, was built and was opened in 1987 but the the Paisley Park record label folded in 1994 when Prince was feuding with Warner Brothers and he decided to, uh, he still lived there and recorded at Paisley Park Studios. So over the years, he didn't live there 100% of the time. He lived in Los Angeles. He had an apartment in New York. I believe he had a place in Spain with his wife, Maite. So he had properties and he lived all over the place. I believe he also had properties in Minneapolis as well. But on occasion, he would live in Paisley Park. And he did spend the last few years of his life living at Paisley Park. And he passed away in Paisley Park. Um, He always talked about the fact that he intended for the Paisley Park complex to become a public venue, kind of like a Graceland. So when, when he passed away, very soon after he passed away, the Prince Estate announced that Paisley Park would be renovated, not renovated, it would be set up like a, a museum. So it exists. They didn't make any changes to it other than they made conference rooms and in, 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 in bigger areas more like museum spaces. But they did open it to the public. It had never been open to the public before, except for when Prince would throw concerts or after parties, after con- after concert concerts at Paisley Park, he would send out word through the grapevine in Minneapolis and people who lived in the area would get to go. And I remember being so jealous of those people my whole entire life. You know, I lived in Michigan, which is a two states, a few states away from uh, Minnesota, but I never made my way to Paisley Park. I even remember when I was blogging and I was flying all around the world And I had seen Prince, you know, 20, 30, 40 times. Like, I've seen him many, many times all over the place in in places as small as the Troubadour here in L.A. Uh, One of the uh, ballrooms at the Roosevelt Hotel was one of the first concerts I ever saw in L.A. when I moved to Los Angeles in 2006. Uh, The smallest concert venue I ever saw him play was the the, the Foundation Room upstairs at the House of Blues here on the Sunset Strip, the room was the size, I, 50 people could fit in there, maybe 75 people. I mean, it was tiny. And I was up up front, right near his, his microphone stand. So I've seen Prince in some very amazing venues. But even then, I never, for whatever reason, I never made my way to, to Minneapolis to visit Paisley Park to see him play a show there. And it's one of my regrets. But, um, but anyways, um, after after uh, he passed away and it became open for tours, his ashes now reside at Paisley Park. They're put in an urn that was that's made to look like a miniature version of Paisley Park. And when I visited uh, three years ago, they were uh, up up in this glass pyramid, un, you know, in the atrium main portion of 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 Paisley Park, and it's where the tour starts. And they tell you, oh, there, there is ashes. And it's kind of very humbling. To, to It was very humbling to be in their presence and to be able to look at the urn and, and see that that uh, that his, his, his remains are in there. I, I, I know that since then, the ashes have been removed from the atrium and they've been placed uh, in the uh, in the vault 
where all where he saved all of his recordings. All of those recordings have been cleared out of the vault. They've been brought to Los Angeles where they're in a climate controlled storage for, for remastering and, and for restoration and our arch- arch- archival protection. And his, his ashes are now in, in their final resting place in, in the vault at Paisley Park. Uh, it opened to the public on October 6, 2016. So a year and like two weeks before I visited a year and a week before I visited, it opened to the public. Um, and October 28th, 2016 is officially known as Paisley Park Day in the city of Chanhassen, Minnesota to recognize the opening of the museum. And in case you wanted to know, the address of Paisley Park is 7801 Audubon Road, Chanhassen, Minnesota, 55317. Now, as I mentioned, the buildup for uh, for me to visit Paisley Park has been a long time coming. Uh, I remember first hearing about these concerts and parties that Prince would do uh, at Paisley Park in the early to mid 90s when I was new on the internet. Like I, the internet was new and I was on AOL and I was like the World Wide Web and the information superhighway and all that. So that's when I learned about like Paisley Park and 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 how it existed as a as a recording studio, a home, and a concert venue. Uh, the my first quote unquote interaction with Paisley Park was via an interactive a CD ROM game called Interactive that was released in 1994. So I got my first computer in '94, and I was on the internet for the first time in 1994. And I remember I bought my computer, my Macintosh Power PC at CompUSA in Dearborn, Michigan. And while I was, you know, convincing my parents to spend $2,000 or $3,000 or however much they spent on that computer, I was like, oh, I need this mouse pad and I need all this other shit. And I I looked in the the CD-ROM area where the video games were and I saw Prince had released a video game called Interactive. I was like, I have to, have, it was like 50 bucks or something. And I was like, I, I tacked it on. I was like, I'll take this too. The game is, it's a, it was a, a Windows game, but I had a Macintosh. So I had a power PC that also played Windows games or whatever. Anyways, so it was a CD-ROM game where you navigate through Paisley Park. And in the game, it was in the shape of the print symbol but you were walking, you were inside Paisley Park. And, and now that I look at footage from the game, it, it was modeled on Paisley Park. Like the rooms, how the rooms looked and how the windows looked and how the doors looked. The, the uh, accoutrement. All of it was based on Paisley Park. So back in the early 90s, little old me on, on my little computer was playing a video game where you go through the rooms of Paisley Park and you click on things and you unlock parts of the of the Paisley Park and when you finally get to the end of the game you get to the concert venue and you get a video of Prince performing Endorphin Machine years before it was released on the Gold Experience album so that game was my first interaction with Paisley Park back in 1994 I still have that CD-ROM I still have that CD-ROM because if you put that CD-ROM in a CD player track two is the song Interactive which I am including on the playlist that is included with this podcast episode. But I will get to that in a minute. 
So that is a little bit of uh, background information and facts about Paisley Park. On uh, that day, I got to visit Paisley Park with one of my very good friends, Billy Marino. And he is now in New York uh, as we deal with this coronavirus baloney. He is on the East Coast. I am on the West Coast. I reached out to him and asked him if he would speak with me, uh, if he would reminisce with me about that day where we visited Paisley Park together. And we had an amazing conversation. And I'm going to play that conversation in full now so you can hear Billy and me talk about our visit to Paisley Park and uh, hopefully our our story and the way that we talk about it can, if you close your eyes, it can take you there and you'll be at Paisley Park with us. So here is my conversation with Billy about our visit to Paisley Park. Hey, Billy. Thanks for um, hopping on the phone with me. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Trent. I mean, I know it's been forever since we've hung out um, and we have a very special anniversary that we usually get to enjoy um, together, but this is the first year that we're not able to get together to celebrate this particular anniversary. But I figured at least it would be fun to have a little conversation about our first visit to Paisley Park together, which we did three years ago on October 12th, 2017. Oh, it's like it was yesterday. I know. It really it really does seem like it wasn't that long ago. And I remember, for me at least, there was so much buildup. Um, well, and, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But I was so excited to just get there. And I remember just wanting to soak in every single moment, like to be in the moment and to try and just remember and, and house all of that information in my head is is, as I was taking it in and I'm very very happy to say that three years later I still have very vivid memories of that day which was honestly one of the best days of my life not to sound like crazy but seriously no yeah it's very very uh vivid memories and um it'll make for great conversation because I could you know myself just navigate through it and um narrate exactly what I saw it was incredible and I, it was, I, I won't ever forget it I know it was so cool we have to go back for sure but before we go back to Paisley Park uh, for a second time let's talk about um our first visit three years ago now to, to give a little backstory so Billy and I are both in television production and he and I had been I think it's safe to say acquaintances before this trip to Minneapolis. He and I were working a, a, show, a TV show where we traveled to San Francisco, Seattle, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, New Mexico, right? Yeah. And um, as soon as I realized that we were going to go to Minneapolis, I personally was like, I have to go to Paisley Park. Like, this is my chance. In all the years that I had been a Prince fan, and as close as I lived in Michigan to Minnesota, 
I had never made my way up to Minneapolis. And this was my chance. And I was going to go. And even before we left L.A. to our first leg to San Francisco, I was already planning. I'm going to go to Paisley Park. Now, on this particular job, Billy uh, was an audio uh tech so he was the guy who was miking up our talent and making sure that everything sounds amazing and I was the lowly 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 production assistant who was basically the gopher basically the driver basically the jack of all trades whatever so day one we're in San Francisco and I had to drive the cat or the, the the crew from the airport to our hotel and as luck would have it I drove Billy from the airport to our hotel. Now, as I said, like he and I had worked together before, so we knew each other and we had, you know, we, we recognized one another and like, Oh, cool. Hey man, good to see you on this show. And, um, but we weren't like super close yet. Certainly not Prince brothers, which we would become, but we, we were, we weren't like, we were, we were like acquaintances. And I distinctly remember, and I know I'm talking a lot. I distinctly remember I'm driving uh, from the airport. You're in the passenger seat. We have your gear and luggage in the in the in the minivan, and you know the other minivans were with other crew. And I look over and I noticed that you have the Prince symbol tattoo on your arm, and it was like peeking out from like your shirt. So I think you were wearing like a long sleeve shirt, and it was kind of rolled up. So it wasn't like the whole part, but I saw the the little the, the pointy arrow part sticking out. And I was like, oh, my God, you're a Prince fan. I, I, I'm sure I I'm sure I said something super embarrassingly nerdy like that. And I think I think that's the first time I mentioned to you, hey, when we go to Minneapolis, I'm going to go to Paisley Park. Do you want to go? Is that how you remember it? Is that how it went down? Um, yes. Yes, I do, actually. Um, and I remember. Yeah. Um, being being in the car and um and i, I don't know if you, you might have mentioned paisley park first uh, maybe this is just more dramatic in my head but i feel like you mentioned paisley park first and i lifted up my sleeve <laughs> you know what that that's that could that could be right that could be right i i definitely remember that um it was it was like poking out and whether whether I mentioned it first or I noticed it first, I definitely I I when I see a Prince tattoo, I'm like, oh my god, that's a Prince fan. Like that's like someone that I need to be friends with. So um, I you know I'm sure it, it's possible that you know as making small talk, hey, we're gonna go to Minneapolis. Oh my god, I'm going to Paisley Park. We should go. And then the plan was 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 born. Oh yeah, that was. Um... Yeah. I remember also, um, so for me, it was, you know, not to sound like super dramatic or whatever, but like going to Paisley Park was like a pilgrimage for me. And it was something that I did not want to be spoiled or marred in any way. So many things worked out fortuitously about that trip. One, I was being, we were going to Minneapolis. Two, uh, our first day in Minneapolis was our day off. So we landed in Minneapolis. The first full day was a day off. And then we had like five work days. So that first full day was a day off. 
and it was a Thursday and the 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 print the Paisley Park the 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 Prince Estate they they do tours I think like Monday through Saturday or something um, and they only do the VIP tour on Thursday and Thursday was the only day we could have gone and we were able to do the VIP tour which allowed us to um, not only do the tour but we got to have our picture taken inside his studio and we got the option to record on his equipment in studio B one of his songs so it was like meant to be like that trip was meant to be and I remember okay so when when I knew that you were Prince fan and I'm like all right we're gonna go and I remember not really wanting to talk about it with the other crew guys because I was afraid not that I was more afraid that people wanted to come that I was going to be like, um, I kind of don't want like, you know, anyone to come who's going to ruin the, the visit. Does that sound, I mean, I don't know if that sounds terrible or whatever, but I remember being a little nervous because I was like, cool, it's going to be me and Billy. And then I think we did talk about it somewhere between San Francisco and Seattle and Jackson Hole because we had like three cities to go before we even got to Minneapolis. And, uh, two camera guys, Matt and Pat. Uh, Pat was the camera guy. Matt was his assistant camera operator. And they heard or they decided they wanted to come with us. And I was I was nervous. I honestly was nervous because I was like, I don't know if they're really Prince fans. And even if they are Prince fans, I don't know if they were going to just like not take it seriously or whatever. Like I wasn't sure what their what their intentions were. But fortunately, they were good intentions. The four of us went and we had a great, great time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for them, too, I, I just remember how blown away and taken back they were by it um, as well. And I'm not sure if they were planning or knew that Paisley Park was there. Um, but, yeah, I, re- I remember Pat specifically just being being real. um blown away by by what he what he saw i agree and i also remember that matt was a bigger prince fan than i assumed so (laughs) that was totally my bad thinking like oh like i don't know if they're worthy to go with me i don't know (laughs) what i was thinking but it, it worked out that that day was just perfect not only because of what we got to experience but who we got to experience it with so those guys were awesome and i'm so glad uh the four of us went because you know, we'll always be bonded by that experience. Yeah, we're the Paisley. I also remember. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I also remember um, as soon as we got to the hotel, you know, we had a little bit of work to do that day because we had to like unload our luggage, unload the equipment. I believe uh, uh, Pat and Matt had to like set up like their camera equipment or something. I'm sure you had audio stuff that you had to do and I had to like, you know, park all the cars and all that but we had some free time that first night in minneapolis and i wanted to just drive i remember i wanted to drive to 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 chanhassen and to see paisley park even though we were going to do our tour the next day i remember wanting to go the night before just to look at it like that's how i was so excited but i i decided no i'm I'm not going to do that um i don't want to ruin the first you know i i didn't want to spoil it i wanted to take it all in as was meant to be the next day in full. But you remember, I was like, hey, Billy, 
we should go to First Avenue uh, and see what's up. Maybe get a drink or something because First Avenue is the famous uh, concert venue where Prince filmed Purple Rain and where he played one of his first shows ever. Like First Avenue is as synonymous with Prince almost as Paisley Park is. I mean, it's it predates Paisley Park and it's really where um, it's like one of the most iconic places you can go to pay homage to Prince or to, you know, be where he was or to, to stand in the venue where he performed. And, uh, and I remember you being very game and we got one of the rental cars and we went to first Avenue and we saw a show that night. Yeah, that was, um, something that I may not have done if you weren't there. Um, there was a, a lot of serendipity going on for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah. What yeah. Are... It was. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I was going to say, I wasn't even intending on there being a show. Like I just wanted to go, you know, to first Avenue to see it, to like touch the building. They have like a wall of fame where they have stars painted on the, um, on the outside and the exterior. And, you know, the Prince one is very famous. And since he had passed away, it had become like a memorial for him. And like, that was very important to me to go to, to, to First Avenue to see that star, to get a picture. And then we found out that there was a band playing, um, a band called Aquilo, like this British, this duo, these British guys. And they were playing um, not in the, the First Avenue main venue, they were playing in the, the side venue, the 7th Street entrance, the smaller venue where Prince also played before he went up to First Avenue. And uh, that was a great show, a band I never heard of before, playing music. I had never, you know, I had listened to none of their songs before. And it was such a great, great night. I totally loved that band because that's how I got to be introduced to them. Yeah, that, um, I'm actually glad you mentioned that band because I, I forgot their name. But that show was, um, yeah, they were they were so tight. Yeah, they were really, really great. And it's just just being there, I'm telling you, man, like I'm I'm closing my eyes right now and picturing it. Just being in the Seventh Street entrance venue. I remember I went to the restroom and I remember thinking, man, I bet Prince used this bathroom. I bet he used it. <laughs> like, that's how crazy I was. Like that's the level of like insanity I was. I was so excited. So excited. So we saw the show. Um loved the show we you know we we had a couple drinks went back to the hotel i had a hard time sleeping that night because the very next day i think like 1 p.m was our our tour um we made our way to paisley park for the very first time so i i've been talking a lot so let me go ahead and let you go ahead so it's the day of it's october 12 2017 i drove us or maybe Matt drove us. One of us one of us drove us to Paisley Park. And what was like your first impression and what do you remember from like our first um like visit? Yeah, um well, when we it's very um uh it, it's a compound. It's very um not industrial but almost corporate looking. Um it's as if you're walking into a music venue. Um with uh, the, the glass double doors. And then there's um, um, a, a person there to, uh, behind a desk. 
um, to get your information and everything. And, um, you know, the, the thing that they um, emphasized most of um, the, the tour was that they didn't change much about the, um, the home. It, it, mm -hmm. they, they left the walls painted the way they were. They, you know, took out a, a couple of things, obviously, to display, um, mm -hmm. but they left most of it as is. And that was one of the things I was like, wow, you know, well, a lot of shows have um, been performed there anyway. So it was cool to mm -hmm. see that. Um, and then right after that, you just see um, there's like a, a little overpass into his, the, his main um um atrium and uh yeah his eye his eye is painted on that uh, uh up on the um the ceiling and um he he's he's watching <laughs> so that was my first impression it was a really good start I hit the ground running um seeing that painting and then um in that that big room walking into it the the love symbol on on the floor and the tiles and our tour began. I love, I'm, I'm, I closed my eyes and just listened to you say that. And I was right there with you again. It's so cool because yes, that was such a memorable day that I remember it very distinctly. Um, when we checked in, uh, they take your phones because there are no phones allowed inside Paisley Park, especially because um, not so much that they don't want you to take photos. I mean, like, Obviously, they don't want you to take photos, but they want you to be present. And I remember that they, they were very clear about they just want you to take it in. They want you to see it all, experience it, be mindful of the people you're with and what you're experiencing rather than, you know, looking at it behind a phone and like snapping pictures and taking videos. So so as much as I tend to bristle at that sort of restriction, I welcomed it this time because... I wanted this to be a special, memorable moment that was, you know, special and between like us, the four of us, you know, you and me, like that was our day. And sure, it'd be cool to be like, oh, like these are photos from the, from from inside of that day. But like, I don't know, I, it feels more special that it's something that we remember in our minds. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm reliving it. Uh, very vividly as as we we're going through it so i mean if i was looking at my phone taking photos i might not have yep. that so yeah you're as right well. um right by that painting that you talked about with his eyes uh there's a wall of like all of his gold and platinum records that was really cool i mean you, you don't i i didn't get a chance to take them all because there was literally the whole entire wall it was like so many <laughs> um and then like there was also the stairway up to the second level, which we never got to see. The The tour doesn't go upstairs because the living areas were upstairs and like the conference rooms and all they're upstairs. But like in the atrium, like as you mentioned, the big love symbols on the floor. And I noticed like no one wanted to stand on it. You know, like it felt like disrespectful to stand on his symbol. <laughs> like we stood around it or, you know, near it. And I remember the tour guide mentioned uh, three things first to look straight up and there was like a glass pyramid um directly above the atrium which actually gives it all the natural light and it's my understanding um when he did concerts or he did like his little parties at paisley park over the years they would light up that pyramid with like 
purple light or gold light or something. And that's how you knew there was a party at Paisley Park. So before the internet, before he'd be like, you know, on Twitter being like, there's a party at Paisley Park tonight, they would turn that light on. And that's how people would know, which is crazy. The second thing um, the tour guide mentioned was um, up on the second level, we could see the the part of uh, a birdcage where two of his doves were and his doves were still in there and they were doves that were alive when he was alive. And I, I think they mentioned their names. I don't remember what their names were, but I thought it was cool that his doves were there like in spirit, like with his spirit. And then the tour guide also mentioned, oh, and by the way, his ashes are in this urn that is shaped like Paisley Park, which was like high up, like up near the top of the pyramid or whatever. And I remember thinking, what? Like, I was totally not expecting them to say that. You know, like it, it, up to that point, it hadn't really occurred to me what had happened to him after he passed, like if he had been buried or cremated or anything like that. And when they mentioned, by the way, his ashes are right there. I remember it was like she punched me in the stomach. Like I was not prepared for that. I was shocked. I was humbled. And I was also kind of a little creeped out. I have to admit, I was like, whoa, that was not what I was expecting her to say. Yeah, it was out of out of nowhere, but it's very I feel like it's very prince like to have something like that. Um and we did take a moment of silence, didn't we? Um we did. A couple yep. of seconds. Yeah, that was um and right at the beginning of the tour pretty much. Um yeah. that was a, a big start. It was a big start. And for me, and, and again, this is why it was very important for me. And I knew that this was going to be a very somber celebratory, but really reverential moment for me. And this is why it was important for me to be with people that were not going to, you know, mar it in any way. So that's kind of where my initial trepidation come from, came from. Um, but obviously I went with the people I was supposed to go with, even the other people in our tour, there were a few other people who were there with us during our, our, our time frame, And it was very reverential, very celebratory. We were all very excited to be there, but I remember how it was, you know, we also took the time to, to remember and honor his memory. And uh, it was just so powerful. Like the energy in that place is insane. Yeah. As if he's, he's alive and well and, and there. Yep. Um, even in the song Paisley Park, like the, the the chorus says, Paisley Park is in your heart. Like that's the song that he wrote about Paisley Park, like, you know, back in 1984, um, 84, 85 for Around the World in Today, that album. Um, and for, you know, I guess for, from everything that I've read and, and stuff that I've I've researched since, he always had this plan for this complex where it would be this art community where people could go and create where he could create whenever he wanted to he could live there and work there now i know he didn't live there exclusively the whole entire time that paisley park was in existence like he had homes and he lived in la for a while and he lived around the world for a while but ultimately he did live at paisley park on and off and he did live there for the last uh few years of his life 
but anyways, um, on with the tour. So we're in the atrium and you know, they, t- they tell us about the, the, the doves and the pyramid and his urn. And then if I remember correctly, they were just like, go ahead and look around. And what do you remember from like that, that part of the tour? Um, right. Um, a lot of rooms were connected to that atrium. So um, I don't know what purpose the rooms had um, prior, but I know um, one of them had a, a lot of his wardrobe, which was very mm-hmm. interesting to me because you saw, you know, the size of it and next to it would be um, the um, the album or the, the era that he was wearing um, this clothing. That was the first room that I went into. I mm-hmm. distinctly remember his office. Um, it, it was just very um, or, ornate isn't the word. It, it was just what I would have expected from from him. There was the the, uh, the purple chase, and um, mm. you, you know the furniture was um, was all dark dark hardwood, and um, the books, yep. a stack of books on philosophy and and um, spirituality, and uh, they going by you know they left it as is that's what he was into um Mm -hmm. at at the time and um his office i I feel like was the most uh representative of his his taste and style and um i i remember that most the when you mentioned like the clothing and the size of it like i was very taken by how small he was like he was tiny like his suits on those mannequins, they look like, I mean, they look like children's clothing. Like that's how little he was. He was like five foot two or something. I'm five, five. Um, I, it was about shoulder height for me. So, <laughs> so like it was, it's just, it's the, the scale of it was, I, that's why you have to be there. You know, photos and even us talking about it will never do justice to seeing these artifacts in, in person. And the guitar. Then about his office. Oh yeah, the guitars for sure. Um, and his office. Like I totally get what you're saying. Like it totally felt like um, what you'd expect of like his office, what it would be like. For me, I got kind of like, like, like it was like a study for sure because the books and and the way it was set up. But having grown up in the church. I remember what a pastor's office looked like. And that's the first thing I thought of. Not that it was super religious. I do remember that I saw a Bible, but it kind of had that warm, you know, safe space, comforting vibe that you get in those kinds of spaces. And when you go to a cleric's office or a pastor's office, it's kind of like that. So I kind of got that nurturing feeling. And the other thing that struck me when we were in his office was, um, there were windows outside and it was October in Minneapolis. So the, the leaves were, were golden and had fallen and it was just, <laughs> it was so cool. It was just so cool being there. Uh, like of all the places in the world I ever dreamed of being, I never, it never occurred to me that I'd be standing in Prince's private office, like where he would read, where he probably wrote lyrics 
where he just unwound, like went to unwind to compose, strum his guitar, like just crazy. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, it really is. And um, I mean, again, it, it just blows my mind that we, you know, became friends, um, essentially met each other for real on, on that job. And there's, I yeah. don't know a bigger Prince fan that I've could have been in Paisley Park with. <laughs> <laughs> like the universe knows and it just was meant to be. And as much as, you know, it pains me that we, we, we had been acquaintances for so long and we didn't hang out before then. I don't begrudge that because I really do feel like we were meant to bond on this trip. You know, you really get to know someone when you travel with them. Um, so we got to travel together. We got to visit a bunch of really amazing cities and we got to have this experience together. And it's something that we'll always share forever. So I don't, I don't begrudge any, anything the way that our friendship has evolved because if the, if the, if the birth of our true, true friendship was at Paisley Park, I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, okay. So we move on from the atrium in those, in those office areas and they take us down a hallway. What else do you remember as, cause they were taking us to the, um, they were going to take us to the studio. Um, but on the way to the studio, we visited um, some other um, things. Do you, do you remember what else stands out in your mind? Yeah, that room was maybe some sort of um, meditation room. I remember there was um, uh, stars. There was uh, yeah. the cosmos painted pretty much all over the room. I don't think it was just the ceiling mm -hmm. and uh, the, the lighting was appropriate for such a thing. Um, and um, there was some interviews that were being played on a, on a television that um, yep. stood out to me as well. Um, that room was, was yeah. really cool. The galaxy room, like that room, wall-to-wall um, -wall painted like, you know, space. I don't remember if it was black lit, but it's one of those rooms that if you put a black light on, like all the planets and stuff would light up. Um, what's important about that room and the interview they were playing on the, the video screen, that was the interview, that was the, the room where... Um, Prince gave an interview with Oprah Winfrey. So Oprah Winfrey came to Paisley Park to interview him um, shortly after the birth of his son. And if, if you're familiar with that interview, she asked him questions like, how, how's Maite? How, how's the baby? And all he would say was like, they were fine, that the baby was well, that they were happy. But what, what the world didn't know was that his son had passed away. He was born with a genetic defect. He didn't live for very long. And for whatever reason, Prince decided that he was going to lie and say that everything was fine. Everyone was happy and healthy. Um, and that's the room where he gave that interview with Oprah. Um, as an aside, since this trip, I read um, Maite's um, biography, The Most Beautiful the most beautiful, I think is what it's called. And she, she, she never talked about her life with Prince when he was alive. You know, they had, they had lived a very happy life together and then they got married. And honestly, I think the birth, the, the death of their child is what destroyed their relationship. It just ruined him. Um, and she talks at length about their whole entire 
relationship in this book. And she talks about that interview and how painful it was for her because she had to pretend that everything was fine. And it's just, I, it blows my mind that we were able to be in that room, which was such an important room and such a pivotal, at such a pivotal time in his life. I didn't even, uh, I didn't know that. I thought um, that interview was in the, um, the lobby, the atrium area. Um, wow. Yeah, so the whole interview took place in Paisley Park, so in different space, in different places. But in particular, when she asked about the babe, because I think the room made her think of like, oh, this could be a nursery or something. I think that's kind of how, how she, how the question came up. So that's the room where she asked the question and that's where they had that conversation. So, and that, and that part of the video, or at least portions of that um, video, probably not that part in particular, were playing on the screen. Yeah. And that that room, the galaxy room, I guess is what they called it, um, was like the ante room to the studio. So before you go into the studio, if you want to like relax or if you had guests visiting when you're in the recording studio, that's where they would like hang out, I believe. And then on the wall outside, like the hallway outside that wall, if I remember correctly, the whole wall was like painted like this orange uh, mural with like Prince with his arms extended and underneath were all the influences for his influences. So like Stevie Wonder, James Brown, I think, you know, some other like contemporary guitarists like uh, Carlos Santana, like all of those people were painted on that mural underneath his outstretched arms. And I thought that was very, very cool. Part of the, of the, of the hallway. Yeah, I believe there was a couple of um a, a couple of people that he's worked with too. Um yeah. The, and it was just it, it it was really long. I mean the the amount of people that were um that he worked with and was involved with was I mean incredible. What I love most about that um mural was you know we think of Prince as such a genius and how he was you know able to write and perform and produce completely on his own like he could do everything completely on his own but all of that talent he still was inspired by other people and it's easy to forget how a giant like him could you know look up to Larry Graham James Brown you know like people who came before him who who he learned how to be, you know, his version of a performer, a writer, a musician. So cool. Like, you know, as, 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 as talented and amazing as he, he was and will forever be, uh, I love that that mural paid homage to the people that influenced him as well. So the next part of the tour, they take us into the studio. There are two studios, two big recording studios inside Paisley Park, Studio A and Studio B. And then they also have a rehearsal studio, which has full recording capabilities as well. And I think they also refer to that as Studio C, but that's like the rehearsal room. But the Studio A and Studio B, so you can have a band recording in one studio and he could record in the other studio or however they did it. And they took us into studio B. I think studio B is the one they have opened for the tour. 
and we walked into the studio, Billy. And what do you remember? Um, I remember the purple piano and the ping pong table. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it was it was one of his. Um, one of the things he did to meditate or maybe get out of his, his space, um, his head space while, while recording. But um, those two things stood out the most. And then there was um, um, some murals on, on the wall there too. One of him and um, uh, third eye girl, I believe. Yep. Yep. You're right. And uh, his control room of course, was right there yeah. with, behind glass so you could look right in and I, his engineer was there. And yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really cool space. I think anyone who does a little of research about like Prince as a, you know, quote unquote, regular person or, you know, in work mode or whatever, everyone always talks about his love of ping pong. <laughs> like he loved ping pong. He loved playing people because he loved winning he was really good at it um to the point where they even sold uh ping pong balls in the gift shop with the print symbol on them because those are the ones that he had made for for the studio my first uh memory was you walk in and it's just like all this warm wood i mean i you would know this as an audio person I'm, i'm assuming all that wood makes for like the acoustics or for the soundproofing or something so it was this warm wood studio and as you you mentioned there's the piano uh and the ping pong table and these huge murals prince and the members of third eye girl and you're right like the the sound booth and the engineer and i don't i don't know if i knew about the recording up until that point so when i when i signed us up for the vip tour i remember the photo like we were going to get a professional photo and because we weren't allowed to take pictures ourselves i was like yes let's do this so we can get a picture i don't know that i knew that we were going to record or have the option to record until we we're in that room but whatever the case may be that's when they tell us if you want to sing a song if you want to record a print song and they had like four options i think um you know take your turn go into the booth pick your song you, you sit like in the chair he sat in, you sing in the microphone that he sang into and the engineer behind the equipment where all of his records since like sign of the time, since like the, the late eighties had been recorded and you get to record like a 15 second snippet of, of, of a print song. And I remember, I remember immediately thinking, I can't sing, it's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> And there's no way in hell I'm not going to do it. Hell yes. I was a hell, hell yes. You were a hell yes. Oh, yeah. Matt Matt was a hell yes. Pat was a hell no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to do it. And I don't even think it was that he was embarrassed or something. I didn't get the sense that he was like, no, I'm too scared or I'm embarrassed. I just think he was just like, I'm happy to take in this tour. I'm happy to, he was like total Zen there. Like he was just taking it in. He was all chill. I I had no chill. (laughs) I think you and you and Matt were much more chill. 
Pat was super chill. I was no chill. I was like bouncing around like, what's next? What's next? Oh my God, like a little puppy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we took our, our turns. I decided I wanted to sing Cream, which I sang terribly, but who cares? Because I sang it on Prince's microphones with Prince's equipment in Prince's studio at Prince's house. Um, you sang, what song did you sing? Um, Raspberry Beret. You sang Raspberry Beret. Um, Matt also sang Cream, I believe, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, and I don't remember what the other options were. Do you remember what the other options were? I don't, I don't. I know, I know there at least was another option or another two options. And, um, so I don't know if you had a reason why you picked Raspberry Beret. When, when I looked at the options, I remember, so, so Prince and I go way back. I did a pod, like the first episode of this podcast, um, I did about the first music I remember ever loving. And for sure, Prince was like amongst the first music I ever remember loving. So Prince has been like a staple of my whole entire life. And I love Raspberry Beret. It's a very important song to me. And I'm sure the other songs were also very important to me. But something about Cream was like, I got to sing that one. My really good friend, Sherry, and I, uh, she and I love that song. Diamonds and Pearls is such an uh, important album for us. We really bonded over that album. She's the first person I ever saw Prince with in concert. So she and I um, saw him in concert together. And I think that's why I sang, that's why I decided to sing Cream. Yeah, I chose Raspberry Beret because I wanted to sing falsetto and it was right in that range for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as embarrassing as it was going to be. It, it, yeah, it was just a once in a lifetime opportunity. So who cares? Um, and then, so after we recorded our, our songs or our snippets of songs, I should say, then they they told us it's time for our photo and they had a professional well at least a a, a a slr camera a dslr camera and they had it set up on a tripod and we each got an individual picture with the big prince photo and then we took a group photo so we each got a picture and then we took a group photo of the four of us together and for sure I'm going to post at least the group photo on the podcast Instagram because people got to see it. And um, a little later on, I'm going to play our recordings so that people listening to this podcast can hear how I'm not going to say terrible because they're not terrible. They're not great. I mean, I think it's safe to say that we're not singers and that's okay. Um, but it was such a special moment. Uh, there's no way that I'm not going to be proud of of, <laughs> of my recording. So I'm going to be very happy to share it uh, on this podcast a little later on. So stay tuned and you'll hear them. So after the studio, do you remember what we did next? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, um, did we go into a... Uh, his dance studio or was that later on there was a dance studio. i think we yeah so we went so 
it, when you get to the studio part, you're it's almost over. So you're like, oh shit, like pay attention because time's running out. So I think the next space we went into was whether it was a, it, well, I think it was a dance studio, but they converted it to like, they put up movie posters and his motorcycle from Purple Rain was in there, I believe. His his leather jacket from Graffiti Bridge, I believe, was in there. So at that point, you know, so we'd gone through, you know, the the atrium and the offices. We went through the studio and then we're into like the quote unquote museum part of the tour because they, they converted uh, at least the lower level of Paisley Park into a museum. And they set up uh, like, like his movie costumes. um posters from purple rain uh they had videos video uh videos playing of like s- scenes from the movies um his cars i believe or at least one of his cars or something like that and then um we moved into the big soundstage area which was the big concert venue <laughs> so it was a huge stage this big concert venue where prince would not only perform concerts whenever he wanted to he re- he filmed the the concert film sign of the times in there he filmed portions of his film graffiti bridge in there and um would debut music you know just on a whim decide hey i'm gonna do a concert at paisley park tonight come out and then the lucky ass people in minneapolis would get to go and see a concert by Prince at Prince's house. Yeah, I, I, um, I wish I lived there during that time. Let me tell you, let me tell you. So this is me in the 90s, um, you know, when Prince was all raunchy and the internet was brand new for me. Like I just got on AOL. So I was like, you know, on the World Wide Web doing all that shit. And that's when he started like selling stuff, you know, on his website. And I remember I ordered like the little Prince symbol necklace, which I still have. Um, I ordered Crystal Ball, his, his, um, the, the three CD bootleg, official bootleg that he sold. It's the first, it's the first album ever sold online. It was in physical form, like you got the CDs, but it's the first album ever sold online. This is before Napster, before all of that. Um, I remember ordering that. So, and then that's when I would hear about these, these concerts at Paisley park and just wishing and dreaming I could be there. And to this day, as we're talking right now, it still pains me. One of the biggest regrets of my life is having never gone to Paisley park when he was alive to go to one of those shows because, you know, you know, it'll, it'll never happen. And I, I can't, I can't really, you know, begrudge anything because I got to see him many, many, many times in concert. Close, up close, in small venues, in large venues, all across the country. Um, but not being able to see him perform at Hazley Park is one of my regrets. Ugh. But, but we made it eventually. We made it. We got to stand in that room. We got to touch the walls, touch the floor, touch the stage where he lived. Um, 
And then next to that big soundstage, there was a, another little a smaller performance area, the NPG Music Club room, which had couches and a smaller stage. And I think that's where he had like parties. So if like he had like a DJ, like DJ Rashida or, 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 or any of the other big DJs spinning for him, they would set up on that stage and that area would be um, like the, cl- the club area. And then if he did like a proper concert, it would be in the larger soundstage that was right next to it. And there we were, you and me, Matt and Pat, and those random other fans all to ourselves, all that space. Yeah, that that's one thing I wish I would have done is um, um, make my way to um, one of those parties, one of those late night parties in that yep. in that club. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, it was a special time, and you know, you know, coming from Detroit, you know, us Detroiters, we love we love our homegrown artists, Stevie Wonder, Madonna, Eminem. Like we love them. We we feel ownership towards them. You know, if 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 Eminem plays a show at the Shelter the first place he ever rapped when he was like in you know doing rap battle concerts when he was like 20 years old like that's something special that that detroiters feel ownership over i completely understand how the people of minneapolis have ownership of prince and paisley park and first avenue and you know seeing him like riding his bike or seeing him at like the his favorite record store like prince would go to the record store and just like go shopping by himself without without like a security guard or a bodyguard like the bodyguard to be in the car or something and you could walk into i forget i think the record store is called electric eye or eclectic eye or something like that but it was his favorite record store and you could walk into that store and prince would just be there and people knew not to talk to him they knew not to bother him like that would never happen here in la if prince went out to you know any place in LA the place would be shut down it would be pandemonium but you know the people of Minneapolis they knew how to appreciate him the way he wanted to be appreciated and I do not begrudge them all those many 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 years of having that direct access to him like they did so as much as I wish I got to partake I don't you know another part of me is like it's okay because his fans in Minneapolis they they loved him like family and I'm sure that they appreciated him the way that he, he was meant to be appreciated. But it's nice that we fans get to visit, you know, after the fact, now that it's uh, a museum slash pilgrimage site, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it was, it was home for, for him. He, Minneapolis was dear to his heart. So that's kind of, Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it all the more special for the people who live there and, um, to be there and visit and, you know, have no intention, um, of visiting at the time, um, other than this, this job. It, yeah, it was just a really cool, I'm still kind of, um, re- reliving it. And, um, it's, it's like, it, it's, um, a very special day. <laughs> very special day. And we're going to go back. We're going to go back one day 
maybe we will go next year. We'll celebrate our four-year anniversary at Paisley Park. Let's try and do I have that. so many more things that I want to, like, um, etch in my brain. All of the gear that we saw. Um, oh, I, yeah. For oh, me, yeah. the, the recording equipment. Did we, um, did we go into Studio A for, for a minute? We did go into Studio A. I don't remember. We, we, we might have walked through it, or we might have, you know, at least peeked in. Um, I, I do remember, and I don't remember which room it's in, so maybe you can help me with this. Do you remember that weird piano? It was this piano that he had made for him specially, and it was like this weird shape. No. Do you remember how they had the, they had it on display? It wasn't in one of the studios. It was just like, it was a big black piano, and it was a weirdly shaped piano. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I'll send you a picture of it. Um and I'm sure it'll jog your memory. And I and it, the thing is, like, I it wasn't in the studio. I think it was like in one of the ante rooms or one of the converted conference rooms that became, because it was in that room where that piano was, or I think it was a piano. It was some kind of instrument, and it looked like a piano keyboard, but it was weirdly shaped. I'll send you a picture. Um, but that room also had windows, and I remember the tour guide said something to us like. I think it was right before we went to the soundstage because I remember the soundstage doors have the um, have the when doves cry girls face on it and you, you open the door to the soundstage. But anyways, we're in that room and she was like, if you see, look out the window and you can see the trees and everything, his tour bus was parked out there. Remember? And she talked about the fact that the tour bus had been there since the last time he used it and it just had been parked there for years. I mean, like years and years and years. And they just never moved it he never moved it and then since the since the paisley park opened at his museum they didn't move it and it was just like there's his tour bus and and i remember thinking holy shit like he lived on that bus when he was on tour for the nude tour or for the act one tour or for you know the diamonds and pearls tour or whatever tour when he was like still taking buses (laughs) before he moved on to like private planes it's like oh god like being there like i i just can't get over the fact that we were finally there like i was finally in that space and as much as i did my best to take in every moment now that i'm looking back it feels like it went in a in an instant we were there and then we were and it was over yeah there's a lot a lot more um information i need to take in the last part of the tour um, is the gift shop, which is hilarious and, and cheesy. But, you know, any Prince fan will tell you they will buy Prince shit. You put the symbol on it or he puts a stamp of approval on it. I mean, even bootlegs. I, I buy it all because I can't get enough. I read the books authorized or unauthorized. Um, so the gift shop was a highlight for me because I brought the monies to spend on shirts, pins. I bought the tour book. Um, we got the USB stick with our photos and our MP3s. I bought another symbol necklace. Because if you, men- if you remember, I mentioned that I bought a symbol necklace from his website, like in the nineties, which I still have. And it was gold on a, on a leather cord. And this time they had a silver one on a on a silver chain, so I bought that. I think I bought a keychain. I bought I bought everything. I bought everything. I, I almost bought. I didn't buy absolutely everything, 
you know, they were like tote bags and water bottles and, and stuff. Um, and I remember they had a tambourine and I did not buy the tambourine because I didn't want to like pack it or take it home with me, but I ordered it online and had it shipped to my home. So I have a, 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 a Paisley Park tambourine to add to my Prince tambourine collection. I have like five of them. <laughs> One from the 3121 residency in Vegas. I have the first tambourine I ever bought on the very first concert I ever saw. And that one is the one I use. So if I go to a show or if I go to a dance party and I bring a tambourine, that's the one I bring. Um, and I also have his tambaraka, which he sold in the 90s, which is like a maraca, but it's in the shape of like a, his print symbol. I'm such a nerd. But the point is the gift shop. The gift shop was a highlight for me. And the thing I also loved about the gift shop is they had a huge big screen TV, which was playing his Super Bowl performance on loop. So it just plays all day. Prince at the Super Bowl, reigning supreme, one of the best live performances he's ever done, broadcast to like 20 billion people around the world. You know, one of the best Super Bowl performances of all time. And I remember shopping and then just staring at that, sta at that screen until they kicked us out. Like, I remember they were like, okay, we got to go. We're done. And I, I was not going to leave until they made us leave. <laughs> uh, so did you end up buying any, any merch? I don't remember. I, I, was, I think I bought a hat. At least I bought a purple beret or something. I, I, bought, I, bought, I bought it all. Yeah. I, um, another reason why I need to go back. Um, I... I did buy um, guitar picks, mm. um, and I love to use. Yep. I, I love to use them. Um, I feel like I'm channeling Prince when I play. Oh, um, I love that so although much. I, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I'm nowhere near Prince level. I mean, few are, but um, that's all I bought. And I think people might want to know that there's stuff in that shop that is not on the website. I figured, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just mm -hmm. look around. I'll watch the Super Bowl performance, which was um, life-changing for me when I first saw it. I remember where I was. I remember what I was thinking when I saw him performing. And um, I, mm -hmm. I left the gift shop with just the guitar picks. But, I mean, you know, it's still, it's still something. Have to go back for that exclusive merchandise that you can't get on the website. I agree. Let's go back just to go shopping. <laughs> um, I, I, I failed to mention at the start of our conversation, fellow listeners, that uh, my good friend Billy Marino is also a musician. I've seen him perform live and he's fantastic. And he's shared with me some of the music that he has written. I know he's working on, I believe, an EP right now. Isn't that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. So if he's feeling um, generous at some point in the future and would like to talk about his music, I would be more than thrilled to uh, have him back on where the subject is him and his music because he's fantastic. And that is a conversation I would love to have, Billy, if you're ever up for it somewhere down the line. Yeah, that would, thanks, Trent. I mean, um, it's an honor to to be a guest on, on your podcast, regardless of the content. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, to talk more music for sure. I definitely would love, you know, we have to make plans for us to talk about your music. 
but maybe we can also at some point down the line because so since this trip since i i like to say that billy and i became like prince brothers um since this trip we've hung out at numerous prince themed activities um there you know if, if there's a, a a bar or a club that has a prince night he's the first person I'll, I'll message and be like hey can you go like let's go we've spent at least one new year's eve together i think two right at footsies one um, for sure yeah definitely one for sure um yeah so the last so obviously last new year's was not was it last new year's or was it the new year's before it was either last new year's or the new year's before we spent it at footsies i think it was the one before because we have done other prince nights at footsies not on new year's eve and they set up like this area they call it, like erotic city and it's like a photo booth or whatever and it's all prints all night long by dj micah who's one of the best djs in la and he does the best dance uh, prince dance parties hands down um but anyways i'm rambling the point is we have enough prince knowledge and fandom under our belts where we could probably ha- talk for another 12 hours about particular prince subjects so in addition to having you back on to talk about your music maybe we can do another prince episode where we're just like you know waxing nostalgic or poetic about about our favorite prince memories or um, or something yeah all those um youtube videos and the stories behind them throwing up his guitar and into the into the sky and it not falling down just like so many, yeah I could, let's talk about that for hours and hours we will definitely definitely do it billy thank you so much for taking the time um i another thing billy's on the east coast right now you know in our strange times we are now separated by the country like he's in in new york i'm here in l.a um, but I'm very much looking forward to you coming back home or at least coming back to LA. I know that New York is your home, but coming back to LA so we can, you know, grab beers, dance with some prints, hang out. I miss you. I miss you. And it was really great talking to you today. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you. I, I miss you too. I cannot wait um, to yeah throw on some prints, even if we have to do it ourselves, if there's no parties still, Let's throw it on ourselves and, um, you know, make our own party. But yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, man. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. Um, and, and stay tuned because I still have a little bit more to talk about to wrap out this episode. All right. Bye, Billy. Take care. Bye. So as promised, uh, Billy and I mentioned that we were able to record, uh, small snippets of Prince songs in Prince's Studio B at Paisley Park using a microphone that he sang on himself using equipment that he recorded many of his most amazing albums, songs, live performances, whatever. So even though uh, it's safe for me to say that Billy and I are not singers, we uh, jumped at the chance to record these snippets of Prince songs in Prince's studio on Prince's equipment, and I'm going to play them for you now. So first up, here is Billy's uh, snippet recording of Raspberry Beret. One, two, three, four. 
I mean, isn't that cute? Ugh, I love it. I love, I love that he sang Raspberry Beret. And without further ado, here is my recording, my rendition, uh, my snippet of uh, me singing Prince's song, Cream. Enjoy. Okay, okay. It's not great, but it's not terrible. And like I said, I am very proud of the fact that I got to uh, record a snippet of a Prince song in Prince's studio on Prince's microphone with Prince's equipment. So it is a experience I never dreamed I would have, and it is a memory I will cherish forever. And the fact that um, as soon as the songs were recorded, they were saved to a Paisley Park USB stick that uh, we got as part of our VIP tour, which I still have. And yeah, so, you know, our little snippets may not be perfect, but they're perfect in my eyes and to my ears. And I love them and I hope you love them too. Okay, so to wrap out this episode, let me talk a little bit about the playlist that I put together uh, to accompany this episode. When I realized that uh, on this, this work trip where Billy and I were traveling the country and we were going to go to Minneapolis, I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to Paisley Park. Oh my God. So I made a playlist uh, on my phone and I bought my first set of iPods on earpods, airpods. <laughs> I bought my first set of airpods on that trip. I remember we were in San Francisco and, you know, after we finished filming one day, I used one of our rental cars. I went to Best Buy and I bought a pair of airpods. I think they were a little cheaper than they were at the Apple store. So I bought airpods. I made, uh, a playlist and this playlist that I have generated for this episode is, is very close to what I made for that trip. And I made the playlist so I could listen to it in the car on, on our plane trips to, because we started out in San Francisco and then we went to, like I said, Seattle, then we went to, to Jackson, Wyoming and before we went to Minneapolis and then eventually New Mexico before we came home. So this playlist is what I listened to to get me like hyped up and excited for, uh, my visit to Paisley park. And it's what I'm going to share with you for this episode. So the first track obviously is Paisley Park, the song Paisley Park from uh, Around the World in a Day. And then the rest of the songs for the most part are songs that uh, are some of my favorite print songs. And most of them are just because I love them so much and they, they, you know, they get me hyped. Prince is like my comfort artist and his playlists are like my comfort playlists. When I don't have anything else that I want to listen to, or when I just want to put on music, it's usually Prince. 
I have a, a shower playlist that I put on mindlessly. I just put it on, uh, you know, in, in my bathroom when I take a shower, and it's all Prince. So uh, most of these songs were selected just because they are among my favorite Prince songs, favorite ones to dance to, uh, and that kind of stuff. So Paisley Park is the first track. DMSR is the second track. Take Me With You is the third track, and I really put Take Me Take Me With You uh, on this playlist because we were going to Minneapolis, and I had never been in Minneapolis before, and the scene in the movie Purple Rain and the music video is all about, like, uh, Prince and Apollonia on his motorcycle uh, and her jumping into the water uh, to... to uh, bathe in the, uh, to bless herself, to baptize herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, even though it wasn't Lake Minnetonka. And I knew when I was in Minneapolis, not only was I going to go to Paisley Park, but I was also going to go to Lake Minnetonka. And on one of our shoot days, when we had to shoot B-roll, I was in charge of driving Pat, our camera guy, to locations around the city. And I made sure to put Lake Minnetonka on, on our B-list shot list and I drove us there uh, because I wanted to see it. I did not get naked and baptize myself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, but I really wanted to. Um, and that's why I put Take Me With You on this playlist. The next track is Erotic City, one of my favorite all-time Prince songs, uh, one of his dirtiest, one of his best. Shockadelica uh, is the next song, and I put it on here because it's one of the Camille songs, and Camille was the female persona that he created around the time that Paisley Park was being built, so that's why I put uh, Erotic City and Shockadelica on there, because they're kind of like Camille songs, and Camille I always associate with at least the birth of Paisley Park, the complex. Um, Raspberry Beret one of my favorite songs, and obviously it's uh, the song that Billy recorded, so I put that on the playlist. New Position from Parade, uh, one of my favorite songs. Parade is one of my favorite albums, uh, so New Position I had to put on this playlist. The next two songs, Housequake and Hot Thing, are from um, Sign of the Times, and Sign of the Times was released around the time that Paisley Park was open for business, and uh, the concert film was filmed at Paisley Park on the sound stages at Paisley Park. And to celebrate the release of the album, Prince and his band, not the revolution anymore, kind of like the, the, the beginnings of the new power generation, they, rec- they filmed a uh, New Year's Eve show at Paisley Park. And uh, so Sign of the Times and the record, the songs from that, record are very much aligned to Paisley Park. So that's why I put those two songs on the playlist. And again, Housequake and Hot Thing are two of my favorite songs to dance to. Bad Dance uh, is on this playlist. Uh, One of my favorite songs. Cream is on this playlist. Uh, Not only because it's one of my favorite songs, but because it's the song that I recorded in Prince's studio using Prince's microphone on Prince's equipment. Um, and then My Name is Prince is next. Seven is next. Let It Go is next. These are some of my favorite Prince songs from the 90s. Uh, P Control, Endorphin Machine uh, are two of my favorite songs from The Gold Experience. 
I added Endorphin Machine to the playlist because, like I said, it was unlocked when you successfully completed the interactive CD-ROM video game that I I played in the early 90s. So there's the Paisley Park connection there. Um, Black Sweat, Guitar, and Lay Down are next on the playlist. And these again, these are some of my favorite uh, more recent print songs from the 2000s, songs that I love to dance to whenever I go to a Prince dance party. Um, and to round out the playlist, track 20 is Purple Rain, live in Syracuse, New York, recorded on March 30th, 1985, the famed Purple Rain concert that was uh, remastered and added to the deluxe version of Purple Rain, which was reissued in recent years. And, I mean, I don't always put Purple Rain on Prince playlists that I make, primarily because, you know, it's, it's kind of overused. As much as I love the song, it's kind of overused. It's usually very long. Uh, this particular live version of Purple Rain is 20 minutes long. But I wanted to put it on this playlist because, like I, I, I've, I've said throughout this entire episode, going to Paisley Park was like a pilgrimage for me. It was something that I had long dreamed of. I've wanted to do, you know, most of my life, and I finally got to do it. And so many Prince memories synthesized with that visit. Uh, so many of the wants. Uh, and dreams that I had came to fruition on that day three years ago. And Purple Rain is such an, a, such a seminal Prince song that I felt it had to be um, represented on this playlist. I wanted it to be the last song in the playlist. I wanted it to be a live version and the 20-minute epic performance by Prince and the Revolution from 1985 is the perfect rendition of Purple Rain to round out this playlist to accompany uh, this podcast episode all about Paisley Park. Uh, And the last thing I want to say before I wrap this up is when I decided to launch this, this music podcast, and I decided to name it Spooky Electric. I knew I wanted it to be Prince-related, but the podcast wasn't going to be Prince-centered. So I wanted it to be a cool name that I love, that means something to me, that means something to Prince fans, like hardcores. Like if you know what Spooky Electric is and what it represents and how Prince came up with it, then you're in the know. But I also want it to be a cool name where anyone who heard it would think it's a cool name. Um, so it's very important for me to just reiterate all of that as I share with you my first Prince-centric podcast episode. Because, like I mentioned, I have been very uh, anxious and a little, little, you know, concerned about how I want to do Prince episodes moving forward because I don't want to fuck him up. I don't want to do, I want to do him justice and I want to remember him properly. And the thing I realized while recording this episode and my conversation with Billy is 
as long as I talk from the heart and as long as I share with you my feelings, what Prince and his music means to me, I can't fuck it up. I can't do him wrong because I can only, I can only share with you what I know, what I feel. And am I going to get every fact right? Probably not, but I'm going to do my best. And at the end of the day, I just want to share, you know, my stories and my love of Prince and all music, uh, to the best of my ability with all of you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope, uh, Billy and I were able to take you with us to Paisley Park three years ago. And if you get the chance, I cannot recommend more. Go to Minneapolis. It is one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. Go to Minneapolis. Go to First Avenue. See a concert there if you can. Go to Paisley Park. Even if you don't take the tour, just go and and visit they, they, people leave memorials and flowers and cards on the fence outside of Paisley Park. So at the very least, you should do that. But see this tour, go on this tour, any of the tours, you know, the, the least expensive one, the most expensive one, I promise you, if you're a Prince fan, it will be one of the best things you ever do. You will feel his presence there. You will feel the energy of all of the amazing music that was created there, of all the talented people who have performed there, and all of the open souls who have gone there to visit in, re- in reverence, uh, to pay homage, um, to remember and love Prince and everything he represents. So, all that said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the playlist. And I will be coming at you next time. Bye. Each episode of Spooky Electric has a playlist that I have created for each individual episode. The playlist can be found on my Spotify account, Trent Venegas, in the playlist folder titled Spooky Electric. The playlist track listings are listed on the Spooky Electric Instagram at Spooky Electric, where the O's are zeros. S-P-0-0-K-Y-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C.